0: Thank you for listening to a podcast of Rock Church. For more information on sermons and events, connect with us online at rockchurchnow.com or search Rock Church Now in the app store.
1: Yeah, we're not
0: that busy at all.
1: Gosh, honey, I've had such a rough week all week. Well, Cared. we finally
0: get to decompress. We get to go out for dinner tonight. Kids are home. It's like date night. Oh, you know what? Got the You're house right. to ourselves. It's, been Just, a, long time it's a nice since night. We've had date night. Yeah, it's been a long time. We're actually super excited. Uh, excuse oh, excuse me. me. I gotta go. Hey, welcome. Uh, welcome to Angelo's Fine Cuisine, the house of the famous ace steak. Wow. Well, we are so excited to finally be here. Yeah, we heard it was quite the exquisite experience.
1: Five stars. Five star. star?
0: Well, I'm sure we
2: won't disappoint. Mm-hmm. How can I serve you? Well,
0: we are the Thomases, and we have reservations for two tonight.
1: Oh, Thomas. Thomas. Uh, No, no no, Thomas. Well, I mean, I called him for a reservation for two last week.
0: Yeah, she did call. Well, I doubt, Thomas, that the mistake's on our end. (laughs) Well, I doubt the mistake is on
1: my end. Well, I don't know. Look,
0: Look, we would love to enjoy an evening here. and The dining room doesn't look too packed. I mean, is there any way you could possibly see this tonight? Well,
1: I suppose we could make an exception. Follow me. An exception? Are you stinking kidding me right now? Ah, right here? Well, I mean, we'd prefer a lake view. Well, we no, 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 no.
0: Well, this, this is perfect. Please, this is perfect. Oh, gosh. Honey, I'm going to need you just to relax a little bit. This is just a minor mishap.
1: I know, but you know how much Relax.
0: I- Relax! <laughs> and enjoy your evening. You're sure you. I'll be right with you.
1: Honey, you know how much I love good service, and, and right now the service is awful.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Look, let's restart the whole evening experience again. Let's pretend like we just got here, start over. Look, it is date night,
1: okay? Well, I know. You're right, honey. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, the menu is quite impressive. <laughs>
0: you mean quite expensive
1: are you kidding me right now
0: what you know as well as i know if it wasn't for those gift cards we'd be at olive garden oh no oh no there is no way we would be at olive garden are you kidding me yeah i don't know Jesus olive garden
2: (laughs) well well, good evening hi i will be your server tonight Going to get you lovely people something to, something to drink.
1: You know what? I think I'm going to do the cranberry and soda. Um, but you know what? I'll
0: take just a, just, excuse me, just a little bit, a little bit of ice. Thank
1: you. sir. Sure. I think
0: I'll do the Arnold Palmer with, uh, with lots of ice, please. Coming right up. All right. Thank you. Oh
1: my gosh, honey. I certainly hope that the server is better than that host was.
0: I'm, sh- I'm sure he will be, because I've heard the services here is just exceptional. So far, not so good. And the menu looks good. Oh, that it does. And it does. I'm not sure what I might
2: get, though. <laughs> hmm. and, and your cranberry and soda. Oh, thank you. And, sir, your Arnold Palmer. Thank, thank you. you. G- excuse
0: me. Are you kidding me right now? When I ordered my cranberry and soda, I asked for just a little bit of ice and, and, and my glass is full of ice. And I asked for a glass with a lot of ice and there's barely any ice in this. There's like, there's no ice in this.
2: Well, I'm, my apologies, I'm, I'm so sorry. I simply must have gotten the ice orders mixed up. Here, here, i me think? take a little bit of your ice. What, what, what are you doing? Put it in your... What are Arnold, you? I'm putting some ice in this Arnold Palmer. What are you doing? Well, try them, you might like them. Just, just,
0: Try
1: Honey. it. Just, just try it. Oh, unbelievable. Ew, absolutely not. I will not drink it. Way too much soda. Why am I drinking it?
2: Well, here, let me let me just stir it up a little bit. What do you I bet you're gonna like it a lot better. Try he it. Just touch my straw! Honey, oh. just settle down and relax. Honey, he touched my straw! Oh my gosh,
0: this, this is just plain gross!
1: Oh my gosh.
0: Dude, it's all Arnold. There, there's no Palmer.
2: Excuse me? I'm sorry? It's all lemonade. There's no tea. Okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get you two people some complimentary drinks.
1: Yeah, I know. You know what? Just two coffees. Just two coffees. coffees. Two
0: Two black coffees, please. You know, and
1: you know what? Take these drinks with you!
0: Guido! Oh Guido!
1: Gosh. He's stinking deaf. Yeah, but I, I see, think he's deaf. I you know, know something? What, Give yeah. him what your yeah. hearing aid, your, oh! These <laughs> honey, hearing aids so work. Funny.
0: I mean, I can definitely hear you. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's
1: honey, so. you're well, killing me. Just being honest.
0: I know. Oh my gosh, the service here is terrible. <sighs> well, look, let's give the server a little bit of grace. Maybe he's having a bad day. Apparently he screwed up our ice orders, he screwed up the drinks, but let's just give him the benefit of the doubt. Honey, I don't care if he's deaf,
1: and I don't care if he's having a bad day. This should not cause me to have a bad meal.
0: Now. And oh. I definitely need a coffee. Let's hope when he brings out the coffees, we'll just kick kickstart kick the evening and everything will just be so good and we All can right. just enjoy the night.
1: I know, I know. I'm sorry.
2: Oh, and good. your coffees. Black. Thank you. Black coffees.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Oh! Oh, gosh! What,
2: oh, what's the matter? Oh, look how I just burned my lip! <laughs> she burned her oh, lip! Oh, it's
0: burnt! It's, it's burnt! Look!
2: Ah. It's coffee, miss. It's supposed to be hot. Oh, I know. Yeah.
1: It's supposed to be hot but, hot, but, but none of that's good, Jake. What are
2: you doing? Oh. Putting in her coffee, cool that bad boy off Whoa. a little bit. There. Oh. 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 Honey.
1: There's
0: lipstick on your cup.
1: That, that is not mine.
2: This is not her lipstick.
0: The, 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 that's not my lipstick.
2: I, 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 don't, I don't think believe. it's lipstick. But if it is lipstick, it's yours.
0: I never. Well,
2: it's obviously a combination of your lipstick and the cranberry and soda. It's
0: not my lipstick,
1: honey. It yes, is not my lipstick.
2: Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to get you guys both fresh coffees. Guess what? In clean cups. Oh,
0: my goodness. I am starting to agree with you. I mean, the service here is just atrocious. And this guy is just ridiculous. Oh, I mean, he's, awful. this is horrible. Is there any way we can turn those gift cards into cash? Honey... They were a gift. They're gift cards. Let's just order the dinner with the gift cards. Let's just hope the dinner comes out and it is just better than what the night's been already.
1: Right. Oh, right. my goodness. I can't do this. No. And
2: once again, your coffees. Your coffees.
1: Thank you.
2: <laughs> coffees. you, Thank you. <laughs> now, what would the little lady like to eat? <laughs>
1: <laughs> little lady? Well, I haven't been called a little lady in a long time.
2: I believe it.
0: And I haven't seen... I haven't seen a little lady in a long time. Oh! <laughs> Honey, uh. I told you, menopause has not been good to me. I know, I It's know. not been good to me. Just trying to make light of the night. So hello, hello. Let's order. He's, All right, he's okay, waiting. Good, 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 okay. Well, we did talk about order in the calamari. Yes, calamari. Okay, great. so we're going to do the calamari, and I'm going to do the ace, ace lamb chops.
1: Excellent. I'll choice. do those medium, please. I'll do the baked potato with the. T- uh, plain. You know what? Let me have the grilled garlic asparagus with tons of butter. Margarine. I think you just called me. Oh <laughs>
0: Um, and I'm not sure if I sure. want that Ace double slab of ribs or that famous ace steak I've been hearing so much about.
2: Well, both of them have your name on it.
0: <laughs> I don't know about both, but don't why don't we just start out with, um, looks like the Ace
2: 32-ounce quarterhouse? house.
0: Um, I like that done, what is oh, that? Oh, honey, it's Siciliano. Uh, you love know it that way. Siciliano style. Oh. Um, medium rare. I like to put that, uh, double, um, it's The Omogu. Double emoji. Double emoji. Okay. Let's go. With two of the twice baked potatoes. You've got it, sir. Uh, serve, excuse oh. me, with um, double. No, let's go triple sour.
2: Are you kidding me? Honey. Yeah, I know there's a
0: fly flying around here. Okay. And um, some hot bread would be nice. We haven't got our hot bread yet. Hot uh, bread's yeah. coming up. Oh, with okay. me. I help. You my job.
2: You know. <laughs> uh. I think I got it.
0: Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Oh and, uh, my gosh. How, how about a th- cola too? Yeah, cola. Sure. Make it a
2: make it a diet
0: cola.
2: Diet? With all that? Yeah, <laughs> diet cola. Oh my gosh. Power for the course.
0: Oh. Honey, I mean, we might as well splurge a little bit. I mean, we are out tonight. It's date night.
1: Well, you're right. Uh, way to go, big spender. <laughs> well. You think you, you can
0: okay? get the the server back out here? I mean, yep. i think when you, you hit me in the eye and something, something's in my eye. Yeah, absolutely, server. Excuse me. Excuse me. Can can can, can, can you go back here, please? What, what yeah. is it? Well, my, my husband's got something. In, I mean, he's got something in his eye.
2: That's not gonna happen.
0: Well, it's... no, but wait, no, please. He he he—he needs—he needs help. I am not
2: allowed to touch the customers. It's oh, you can touch my straw, but you can't touch the customers. Well, well, what? Why would need you? you to do something and what the would you like oh, me to do? I need you to help him. Oh, well, sit still, sir. Oh. I, I am. Sit still. Oh, yeah. honey. Oh.
0: jeez. <laughs> oh, Are you okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I think you got it. Is it all? Yeah, yeah, it's out. It's okay. Oh my gosh. You oh my. God. Oh my gosh! For the love of Chuck, look at my fork. My fork is filthy. Uh, Not.
2: Shit. It's what? just this soap.
0: What do you doing? Oh! What do you do? Server, I'm gonna need another napkin now.
2: Well, why?
0: You, you killed a fly with it. Good point. Server, my coffee's cold.
2: Well, drink it, miss.
0: Server, where's my cola?
2: Your I cola? A it's on the way.
0: You know what? Where's the calamari?
2: Your calamari is cooking. Oof.
0: Server, where is the
2: restrooms in this place? The restroom is down the hall to the right.
1: Can we just get another server? What are you all been laughing at? You guys better wake up.
2: I'm not the only one around here trying to serve two masters. You guys remember me? Been a long time since we rock and rolled, right? All right, All right. Open, your, open your Bibles to Isaiah 40. We'll get there in a little bit. Uh, just a couple things real quick. That drama, we've been working on for quite some time. And how many of you know, we've probably got some classic bloopers. We have some really classic bloopers there. Uh, but I don't want anyone to miss the message, right? I thought I was pretty clear. We cannot
1: be serving two masters. And we're going to get back to that. Most
2: of you know our theme for the year is wake up. We just believe here at Rock Church it's time that the church spiritually is awakened. Right? We are awakened. And there are days when I wake up that I do not feel like I can keep up. Just being real. As a pastor, I can't keep up with the latest books, the latest podcasts, and the latest gimmicks. I'm glad for that last one. As a person, I can't keep up with the latest technology. I've been struggling with that for a long time. I can't keep up with the latest trends, and I surely cannot keep up with the latest diets. You are looking at somebody who in the month of July lost 20 pounds. And in the month of August gained 17 and a half. Uh, Thank you for your encouragement, all right? I can't keep up as today's message. Um, it's not just today's message, it's our day's motto. In some ways, I would say it's our day's misery. It really is. To me, it's one of the top complaints in our culture and in our churches. If I hear one more time, then I'm gonna realize that we're This is our top complaint. You know, it's, I'm too busy. I'm too booked. To some degree, it's, I can't keep up. Years ago, we called that can't keep up the rat race. Remember those years? People pressured to keep up with other people's status and other people's money and other people's power, trying to keep up with other people's position. We call it the hamster wheel. The hamster wheel is a constant effort to run away from a never-ending routine. And I'm not sure why, but these are all rodent analogies. Um, The mousetrap, that superior device or method you build that will finally attract customers and culture. Now, those are all extremely old-school analogies when it comes to trying to keep up. But I think all generations will admit it's getting tougher to keep up with life. I don't think it's just for old people or just for young people. I believe every generation and to some degree, almost every culture is struggling to keep up. I believe God addresses that pretty well in Isaiah chapter 40. We will start in verse 28. God's word says this, do you not know? Have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. Someone say amen to that. And his understanding, no one can fathom. He, God, gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint.
1: That's some really good stuff. I hope you noticed how God knows how weary our world is.
2: And by the way, God personally knows how tired you are. He's that personal of a God. Don't read that portion of scripture and think it's just for some Jews 2,000 years ago-ish. I believe God knows how personally exhausted and tired you are. It's almost as if he knows I can't keep up, we can't keep up. And I think verse 30 is extremely interesting where it says this, even youth grow tired and weary. And again, I hope that you noticed it is God who gives strength to the weary, come on now, and power to the weak. If you're here today and you're a little weary, you're a little weak, your answer is in God. Your strength and power is in God, right? Are you with me? So, well, how does he, how, what does he do? Okay, well, he puts us on his wings. What's he mean there? It means God carries you. I don't know about you, but he's been carrying me for 30 plus years and I love it. All right? I'm not ashamed to say that the Lord Jesus Christ is carrying me through my trials and through my stress. Actually, it says we will soar on eagles' wings. Come on now. I don't want to talk about the eagles today because the lions are playing them. All
1: right? So, anyway. This is what I wonder. I wonder if this Isaiah classic
2: portion of Scripture, if it was written today, I wonder if God would include our cycle schedules and our crazy calendars. I wonder if it it would include our work deadlines. I wonder if it would include uh, 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 school activities and soccer moms. I wonder if it would include serving in, in, in our local churches. I wonder if we opened up Isaiah 40 today, if God would include the daily demands of answering emails and texts and tweets and TikTok and posts. Are you getting tired yet? I wonder if if, if we were to read Isaiah today, God would include how difficult it is to keep up with spiritual opposition, spiritual attacks, spiritual trials, and the many spiritual storms that many of us are facing today. I just wonder. See, today, life can be as demanding and can be as stressful as in that drama with that poor server. How many of you felt for that guy just a little bit? Especially if you're trying to live life serving two masters. We're gonna get get back to that. For the record, just a little sidebar, not everything society says says to get involved with you know, is, is wicked or evil. There are lots of things that society is asking us to get involved with for our enjoyment, and they can also be times of evangelism or times where we can share our faith. This isn't a blast on everything society is trying to drag you through, amen? But if you keep placing society's long list of never-ending adventures and endeavors before your spiritual life, you will always feel like you can't keep that's where it's at. If you continue to put everything society say, you got to be involved with, I'm going to tell you right now, you will continue to feel like I can't keep up. Now, from a practical perspective, you know, this is just practical. Talk about this more at the end of the year, a little bit in the next year. I, I would strongly encourage you to follow the rock circle strategy. Okay, and the rock circle strategy is simply this. It's, it's attend and invite people to church so you can get inspired and challenged. It's join a life group where you're in community with other people, you're accountable to other people, right? And it's also to join a life team where you're serving and you're kind of giving back to the, your church community, your congregation, all right? I'm just encouraging you to do that. That's just a practical step in the right direction. But don't miss this. Be intentional about your spiritual life or you will never keep up. You have to be intentional. Our circle strategy is trying to help you to be intentional to make sure that that your spiritual life takes priority in your life. Amen? And that circle strategy, I'm telling you right now, it, it has stood the test of time, it really has. While society's long list of activities and values they change from generation to generation, and they change from culture to culture. I want you to know it is so refreshing to me to know that it still says in Hebrews thirteen eight, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Yeah. All right, that is just so refreshing to me. Now, that doesn't mean that keeping up with Jesus. It's easy. Hello. Jesus is alive. Jesus is adventurous. Jesus is risky. And Jesus is on the move. I want you to know something about Jesus. He's a world changer. I'm not saying it's necessarily easy, but I do want you to know this. It means that Christ's character, Christ's values, and Christ's priorities remain the same in every culture and in every generation. That's really important for us to understand. Because, because some of the primary reasons you and I can't keep up is our approval and our acceptance addictions.
1: And some of us are flat out addicted to approval and acceptance. We're snorting approval and acceptance, I'm here to tell you. That may sound seem a little out of place, but from a spiritual perspective, we are
2: shooting up approval and acceptance. We are addicted to it. Another thing is simply this. We are bowing down to society's pressure to be there and don't miss anything. We have a high percentage of people in our, in our culture today that, that are caught up in that pressure. Others are caught up in man-made religious pressure to perform. Talk about that a little bit more later But some of us are just caught up in this this spiritual pressure to always perform. Ultimately, one of our biggest problems is we're people pleasers. We are people
1: pleasers. Go to Galatians chapter 1. Now, most of the time, in August, I take a pulpit breather. Some of you are like, what's the big deal? You
2: only work one day a week. Don't go there. (laughs) Don't you go there. But i love to take August off from the pulpit and get some, get some rest and raise up some other preachers. Amen? But in the early days of the church, I used to feel a lot, lot of false guilt. I used to feel a lot of pressure because I would, I would hear these, like, voices in my head from newer people that would start coming to Rock Church in August and be like, does the preacher ever preach, you know? Or I would get these voices in my head from rock regulars that would say, he's off again today, you know, kind of a thing. And, and ultimately, what my struggle was, was I was, I was more interested in, in pleasing people than I was God. Are you with me? It's so cool to be getting freed up from most of that. Someone say amen to that. I want to assure you, my wife said amen to that. And she said it very loud. But I want to assure you that the only way to get off the hamster wheel, the only way to flee the rat race, the only way to keep up is to care about what Jesus thinks of you and not what people think of you. I'm telling you, if you're caught up in pleasing people, and pleasing Jesus, you are in big trouble. You will not be able to keep up with that. Society's crazy. The calendar's crazy, Man. People are going to be pulling at you all the time. And if you're addicted to approval and people-pleasing, you're going to struggle pleasing the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's kind of what, what Paul brings out here in Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. I, I preach about this a lot because I've been there and done that. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He says, am I trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a
1: servant of Christ. Ah, I love that. a servant of Christ. We'll get back to that in just a little bit.
2: Paul is saying, guys, he's saying, we can't keep up with needing people's approval and serving God. Ultimately, Paul is saying we can't keep up with pleasing people and, and pleasing and/or serving God. We just can't do both. We just can't keep up with trying to please people and serve God. Want me to say it one more time? I'll say it one more time. We cannot keep up with pleasing people and or pleasing or serving God. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And now now you know why we can't keep up with pleasing people and serving God. Or let me tell you why you can't keep up with pleasing people and serving God. Because you're not supposed to. Okay? I'm trying to help you here today, trying to help you with this, with this dilemma of pleasing people and serving God. The reason why you can't keep up is because you're not, you're not supposed to keep up. Are you with me? You were not made to keep up with pleasing people and serving God. It was worth coming just to hear that, all right? If someone dragged you here, dropped you off at the front door and said, maybe I'll come back for you, I don't know, all right? But just to hear that, just to hear that was worth it as far as I'm concerned,
1: that I am not made to please people and to serve God. God didn't call you and
2: I to keep up with the world's ways and his ways. That's what Jesus talked about in John 17, right? You are, not, you are in the world, but you're not of the world, Right? right? Every one of you, whether you know it or not, Every one of you were made to worship. Some of you took advantage of that 20 minutes ago and you went after God. Now, worship is more than singing songs, it's a lifestyle. But all of us are made to worship. And every one of us are worshipers. The question is, who and what are you worshiping? It really is. I'm saying you're a worshiper whether you like it or not. I am not going to raise my hands to Jesus. You're at Van Halen, your hands are up. That just shows you how old I am, Van Halen, okay? You know what I'm saying? You're a worshiper. You're a worshiper. The question is, who and what were you worship? Self, success, society, your schedule, or the Savior, your Master? Every one of us are servants. Oh, what are you talking about? Really? You really are? We're all serving someone or something. You say I don't serve anybody. Yes, you do. You serve self, right? Or you serve success. So you serve some superstar, right? You serve someone. The question, once again, is are you serving your Savior and or your master? Now, before I was a Christian,
1: I served, I was a slave to sin. My wife said, right. (laughs) Let me preach, all right?
2: Now, you may be out there going, a slave to sin. That just sounds so harsh. However, you have to understand that God calls many of our issues, God calls many of our
1: issues bondage and slavery. We water it down and call it, you know, I got an issue. I'm going to tell you
2: right now, this section right here has a lot of issues. All right?
1: But God calls it slaves, he calls it slavery, right? I specifically was a slave. I served, I was in bondage to the party life.
2: And I want you to know, I went to a wedding last night and I ran into some of my old party friends and guess what they're still serving? The party life. (laughs) You think when you're 50 plus, you had stop serving the party life, yet they're still serving the party life. I was a slave to the party life, but I was also a slave to rebellion. I mean, you're looking at someone who was extremely rebellious, and I served my rebellion. I fought against authority like you will not believe. Anybody, coaches, parents, grandparents, Teachers, the list goes on. Uh, anybody trying to speak into my life and tell me what to do, I, I want you to know I was rebellious against that, and I served the sin of, of, of rebellion. Then I met Jesus. I said, then I met Jesus, my real master, all right? And my real master began to set me free from serving the party of life, come on now, and, and serving my rebellion. Someone say Amen. The question is simply this, what were you a slave to? What were you a slave to? Sir,
1: we'll start in this section right here. <laughs> Maybe a better question is this, what, what are you a slave to? Not so much
2: what were, like in 1986, 1996, 2006, what
1: are you presently a slave to? You Get a chance, read Romans chapter 6 through chapter 8 this week. And you will find that there's tons of talk about being slaves to sin, slaves to society, slaves to the ways of the world, slaves to our flesh. What does that mean?
2: It means slaves to self, right? Sprinkled in there is we're slaves to fear. Some of us are just slaves to fear. But you'll also begin to read in there when you get a, a touch from Jesus, you become a slave to righteousness. Come on now. You become a slave to Christ. So you go from being a slave to sin to a slave to righteousness and a slave to Christ. Amen? Now, it, it's a slave, right? And I'll explain that a little bit later. Before I do that, I want to talk about what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6.12. Listen to this. Incredible insight here. Paul says this. He says, everything, everything is permissible. Everything is lawful to me, but not everything is beneficial or useful. And then he says some powerful words here. I will not be mastered
1: by anything. I will not be mastered by anything. When I was a new Christian, um, I played softball four or five, sometimes six
2: days a week. I was a slave to softball. I'm just being real with you. Then all of a sudden, I I, I have this encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I find that it's very difficult to keep up with work, family, softball five days a week, and serve Jesus. Jesus. Just a, just a battle. I, I'm finding myself, I can't, I can't grow in Christ. I can't take any Bible studies. I can't learn because I'm a slave to my schedule of softball. Anybody been there, all right? And God had to get a hold of my heart. It wasn't necessarily sinful to play softball four or five days a week, but it wasn't what? It wasn't beneficial. It wasn't beneficial. I couldn't serve my new master, with everything I had, trying to serve my sports career, my sports schedule, and Jesus once again, it wasn't beneficial. So I had, I had to, I had to try to step down from something, okay, and, and to step into something because I just couldn't keep both of them, all that going on. If I was going to reach my potential, my purpose in Christ, again, that stuff, all of it wasn't necessarily sin, but I could not keep up that kind of a pace. I'm sure your life is more confusing and more complicated than mine. But let me just say this. If you want to keep
1: up, you are going to have to step down. Let me say that again. If you want to keep up, you're going to have to step down. Well, what, Pastor? I don't even play softball. It doesn't have anything to do with sports. For me, it
2: was sports. You got to figure out what that something to step down from is. You fill in the blank. For me, I had to step down from a lot of sports activity. I'll say it another way. If you want to keep
1: up, you are going to have to man up, right? You are not going to be able to continue to serve two, three,
2: four, nine masters. First, don't miss this. You and I need to settle who and what we're going to serve. And you may be out there going, Oh, well, why? What's the big deal? Why do I have to decide who I'm going to serve? Because Jesus said in Luke 16, 13, No one can serve two masters. No one. He's basically saying you can't keep up serving two, three, five masters. Jesus is basically saying it ain't happening. It is not going to happen. But notice in this verse, you are in good company. Because guess what? Nobody else can keep up serving two masters. You're not the only one. You may feel like you're the only one, but I want you to know Jesus is crystal clear. He's trying to free up a little bit. And he's basically saying you're just like everybody else. There ain't anybody that ever has or ever will be able to serve two masters, including you, amen? Donna, you can't serve two masters. Ben, you can't serve two masters.
1: Kimmy, you can't serve two masters. How many know uh, that needed to happen, right? You know what I'm saying? (laughs)
2: There's never been anybody that's been able to do this. Yet we continue to try it. Like we're gonna be the exception. We're finally gonna be the person that rises up and serves Jesus and a bunch of other false gods. Just a thought. Whew, I didn't say that in the first service.
1: All right, now listen, this is important. Servant, slave, and master
2: all have horrific social stereotypical meanings and stigmas, so I wanna quickly just clear up some misconceptions and some false concepts that you might have because you hear the word slave, you hear the word servant, you hear the word master, and some of you just checked right out. I got to bring you back in. The word master might freak you right out because historically, masters were mean, they were manipulative, they were abusive, they were controlling, and they were condemning. But the word master in the New Testament, in the Greek, it's just another word for God. You with me? It's another word for, for Lord. And it's also an official title of honor for a teacher, a rabbi, an instructor, and or a, a leader. We don't use that phrase today, but it was very common Back then, to use the phrase master. If you're my master, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to, you're my teacher. You're my mentor, right? You're a model to me, and I'm going to honor you above other people. You can also see why it's so important why you can't serve two masters. Just from that definition. You can't serve two gods, church. Amen? You can't serve two lords. Are you with me? This is really important. There's no other gods before the Lord Jesus Christ, right? You can't serve other gods, you can't serve other lords, right, that's why Jesus is like, no one can serve two masters because you can't serve two gods, there's only one. His name is Jesus, are you with me? Right, sounds a little firm but you're gonna get loosened up in just a little bit. Also, Jesus is not your stereotypical master. He's not your stereotypical teacher, nor is he your stereotypical instructor. Now, the word servant and slave in the Greek, it does not mean you are a slave held against your will to serve a master. It doesn't mean that. I'm going to say that again. It does not mean you are a slave held against your will to serve a master. Bond servant or bond slave, were people who voluntarily served their instructor, their teacher, their leader, their mentor, and or their master. You see the difference there. And sometimes to work off debt, a person was called a slave, or they were called a servant to their debtor. All right? But look at that definition again. People who voluntarily served their instructor, their teacher, their leader. And if you get a chance, read some of the epistles or the letters of the apostle Paul in the New Testament. Almost every time, not always, but almost every time he opens up his letter to a church, he gives himself the title a servant, a slave, a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He could have slung a lot of other titles out there. Every now and then he talks about being an apostle as well, but most of the time, it's, listen, I am a slave, I am a servant, and no one's forcing me to do it. No one's making me serve Jesus. I voluntarily lay my life down at his feet, and I give him everything he needs. Amen? That's the difference. So you got to clear that up, a lot of people check out of of Christianity, because they read master, they read slave, they read servant, and they're like, forget it. God doesn't force us to serve him. He's asking you and I to
1: voluntarily serve him. The problem with too, too much modern day Christianity is way too many of us no longer see Jesus as our master. You know, he's no longer our Lord. For some of us, he's not in a place of high honor, or authority. Others of us have lost the art of being bond servants, people who voluntarily serve Jesus. You can always tell someone who's been really stamped, sealed with the
2: Holy Spirit because they voluntarily lay their life down for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? It's just something that that, that happens as a result of not making Jesus our master, our Lord, our God, as a result of losing the art of being a bondservant, all of a sudden we find in our Christianity that we can't keep up. We can't keep up. The reason why we can't keep up is because our calendars and our schedules master us instead of us mastering them. Let me say that again. Our calendars and our schedules master us instead of us being mastered. Over them. In fact, I really believe that's not the greatest sentence, greatest insight. It should see should say our calendars and our schedules master us instead of Jesus mastering them. It really should be. It should be Jesus mastering our calendars and our
1: schedules. Guys, listen. To live the Christian life effectively and intentionally, we gotta remember we cannot
2: serve two masters. It ain't happening.
1: We just can't keep up trying to serve two masters, two lords, two systems, two cultures, two kingdoms, and two kings. Are you with me? I hope this is making sense.
2: If you continue to try to serve two, you're you're just gonna find yourself in the rat race. You're going to find yourself on the hamster wheel. You're going to find yourself with an inability to keep up with what God has for you. And ultimately, it just might be because you're trying to serve two systems, two worlds, two governments. Oh, I won't go there. All right? Okay. So Here's the question. How?
1: How? How? What
2: spiritual strategy is there to help us to serve one master, one Lord? Preacher, you got to tell us how. Give us the how. Well, if I could give you anything on the how, I would say this. Quit adding Jesus to your calendar. Quit adding Jesus to your schedule. Quit adding Jesus
1: to your life. I'm going to show you two circles and explain it for you. On my far right, at the
2: top, you will see the word Jesus. That's an example of just adding Jesus to our life, as if Jesus is equal to everything else we do in life. Hello. When you do that, then, then he's just a piece of your life. You're just giving him a piece of the pie. You're just giving him a, a, a partial, partial lordship but he's not really the Lord of your life. It's just an unhealthy way to try to live Christianity. I've tried that. I've been there. It's no fun and it don't work because when you're doing that, you're serving two masters. If you'll place Jesus in the center of your life, come on now, church, that's the key to this. If you'll, if you'll place Jesus in the center of your life, then Jesus goes with you with all your direction and with all your decisions, amen? Amen. When you're with with your church people, come on, now, Jesus is with you. Recreation, Jesus is with you. How many know it's really important when you're doing ministry to bring Jesus with you, right? All your relationships, you want Jesus to be there. Family, you want Jesus in the center. I know it's only September and Christmas is, you know, two or three months away, but when I'm around my family, in the center, yeah. right, otherwise I'm going to flash out and act like an idiot, because I have some people in my family that are, I'll stop there, all yeah. right, <laughs> way too many times we're around family, we're around relationships, and Jesus is a piece of the pie, we forgot to bring him into the relationship, when you show up for Christmas Eve, show up with Jesus, Amen? Put him in the center of your life. You say, there's not much difference there. There's a huge amount of difference there. When Jesus is in the center, he's invited into everything. He's included into everything. This speaks radical relationship with God all the time. To my far right, it doesn't speak relationship. It just speaks, ah, if I got time, I'll fit him in. Well, you can do that, but you won't keep up you won't keep up with what Jesus has for your life. How many of you still love your pastor? If I were you, I'd get my phone out, take a picture of that. The reason why, because it could be revolutionary for you and it could be freeing for you. I'm telling you, take it or leave it. That principle that I just shared with you revolutionized my life radically changed my life when I first heard that concept of Christianity. America is from the Western world. We tend to live life, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, twelve. 12 when it comes to like priorities. The Bible's written for more of an Eastern mindset. The Eastern world was more holistic. You put God in the center and let him impact everything. You see the difference? Now, you want to go the American way, one, two? That's that's fine, but I'm telling you right now, putting Jesus in the center works a lot better. Are you with me?
1: All right, six of you. I'm good with that. All right. I don't know what your perspective of God is. I don't know if I'm helping it or hurting it. I want you to know that Jesus sees you struggling. And he sees you exhausted. And he's not doing, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't have an attitude towards you. He's head over heels, madly in love with you. And he's as frustrated, if not more than you are, that you're exhausted. Struggling to try to keep up. So again, Jesus wants us to wake up, stop serving two masters.
2: Now, the drama's is kind of hard hitting. Hard hitting, you know.
1: Who are you serving,
2: right? I don't know how Jesus said that in Luke 16-ish. I don't know what his tone was. Okay. All I know is this: is he cares about us. And when he says you can't serve two masters, that doesn't mean it has to come from a mean tone. It might. It could just be something this. Listen, you just can't do it. You cannot serve two masters. I love you so much. I'm trying to give you this incredible advice, this incredible insight, Jesus talking, because he knows that you can't do it.
1: You can't serve two masters. He's trying to wake us up. Lord Jesus, the master feels for you. And I want
2: you to know he feels for your family. Let me just say this. He feels for your family way more than you feel for your family. You really think God doesn't know what you're going through? He's trying to get your attention. And he's using a guy that they call Ace and Guido to try to get your attention. All right?
1: Try to get your attention. Now, you say, I don't like your examples. and It's not about that.
2: It's about God loving you so much that he's trying to slow you down to spend some radical, awesome time with you so that you can get on with your purpose and you can get on with your potential in Christ. You know what I'm saying? And you can't keep
1: up trying to serve two masters. You can't keep up with the Joneses or the Kardashians.
2: So I gotta go both because if I say the Joneses, all the young people are like, who are the Joneses?
1: You know, like who are the, I've never heard of them. You can't keep up with your calendar. It's impossible. You just can't do it. You can't keep up with the latest trends, the latest technology. I would do anything to go back to 1875. I really would. Civil War is over, hardly any technology.
2: I would have been the most incredible pastor in the history of the church if Jesus would have let me be born in like 1850. You know what I'm saying? Before email and please and everything else. I mean, I'm finally learning how to do some of this stuff, but I'm not going to write any books on how to do it well.
1: I'm like the last pastor in the history of the church that learned how to do email. Howdy edge, you know what I'm
2: saying? I I used to write my emails out and hand them to my admin and say, send it. Called leadership. <laughs> uh, you know, I just, you're, you're just just horrible with with technology. I remember when when I finally figured out email and I got really good at it. And I would say to people, hey, I'll send you an email. And they're like, email? That's old. Don't do that. Send this. I'm like, ah, I can't keep
1: up. Drove me thinking crazy. It's, it, it it still does. I see you're not being able to keep up with with politics. So why are you trying? I didn't say you can't be involved in it at all. But if you think you can keep up with all the stuff happening in the political world and your Bible, good luck. You can't keep up with man-made religiosity. You can't keep up with man's pressure to perform.
2: So God will love you more. That's heresy. It's just not true. God is head over heels crazy, madly in love with you right now. Not based on your good works or your good deeds. Doesn't mean God doesn't want you to do good works or good deeds, but that doesn't make him love you more. Quit trying to perform for Jesus. He performed for you on a cross, just saying. All right? Some of us are caught
1: up in that. This incredible author, his name is John Eldridge. A new book out of can't keep up. See, called "Get Your Life Back." I bought like seventy-five
2: copies. You know what I'm saying? Um, and we have them for sale in the rock shop after service. Very practical. If you're looking for something deep, this ain't it. But if you're looking for some practical steps on how to keep up, this baby might help you. I'll give you one quote from this guy. He says, "This we've lost our lives." which has left us on a never-ending journey of exhaustion, right? And what he talks about a lot in the book is all the texts and tweets and emails and Snapchats and posts, they don't allow us to punch out.
1: They used to be able to punch out, right, spiritually, emotionally. Today, people can't punch
2: out. They're exhausted because they're constantly in it. Kind of reminds me of a classic fight. Oh, boy. Boxing match, 1974, Muhammad Ali versus George Foreman before the, the George Foreman grill. <laughs> when George had hair, you know. Foreman was a, was, a, was a heavy favorite, but Ali outsmarted young George. How did he outsmart him? With a strategy called the
1: rope-a-dope.
2: Ali leaned up against the ropes, and George punched and punched and punched and punched, and eventually George got exhausted. George got so tired, he couldn't hold his arms up. Ali began to fight back because George was exhausted and weary. He couldn't defend himself anymore. And when Foreman couldn't keep up, Ali knocked him out. Come on now.
1: For a nine-year-old boy, that was powerful. Listen, Satan has a strategy right now. I don't believe in the devil. He believes in you. Society has a strategy right now, culture has a strategy right now. To some degree, we're getting outsmarted. They're wearing us out, they're making us exhausted. We're weary. We can't can't even keep our arms up to some degree. And I'm going to tell you right now, when society and when Satan sees that we can't keep up, we're going to get knocked out. He said,
2: not me. Oh, you're going to get knocked out, all right. You're going to get knocked out emotionally, mentally, physically, and or spiritually because you can't serve two masters. Are you with me, church? Eventually, you're going to get so exhausted you can't fight back. Unless you do what Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says. Because how many know Jesus will fight for you? Someone say amen. Listen to this. This is incredible. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Whew. It sounds to me like our can't keep up culture is invited to start a relationship with Jesus. That's what it sounds like to me. sounds to me like Jesus understands what people go through. You say, well, that was 2,000 years ago. That still preaches today. Those words still impact cultures and generations today. Jesus is still saying, If you can't keep up your arms, come to me. Jesus is still saying, if you're weary, get off the hamster wheel, come to me. Jesus is still saying, saying, leave the rat race, come to me and get your inner rest.
1: I ask that you stand. When we get done here, I want you to know the Welcome Center is open out in the commons. We have a prayer and care room
2: to my far left. If you need some prayer, some insight, We'd love
1: for you to go there as well. I want you to notice God's word says something. It's really important. And it's simply this. You must be weary, tired, sick,
2: and tired of trying to keep up before you will come to Jesus. You must be weary. You must be tired. Ah, You must be sick and tired of trying to keep up before you'll come to Jesus. I've been in this thing a long time, right? I talk to people all the time on why they don't want anything to do with Jesus, you know? Well, the church is filled with a bunch of hypocrites. Well, come join us, you know? (laughs) Or, no, why don't you join us and show us how not to be hypocrites? How about that challenge? Sometimes they're just smoke screens. I'm not saying there's some truth to that. If I, it, it, listen, if you can't tell me, you know, some insights about Noah's Ark, then I want nothing to do with Jesus. Really? That's what your hang-up is, Noah's Ark? You know, I talk to people all the time. They have these, they call them smoke screens of why they don't wanna to come to Jesus. I think Jesus said it best. If you're weary, if you're tired, if you're sick and tired, trying to keep up with culture in the world come to me come to me because that's the real issue the real issue is you got to get sick and tired if you're not sick and tired you will not come to Jesus you're looking at someone that was sick and tired of the wounds and the ways of the world and I ran to Jesus I was sick and tired of the ways and the wounds of the world. Now, if you're out there and you're like, I'm just not sick as it yet, you know? I still kinda like some of the ways of the world and yeah, I get wounded all the time, but it hasn't really been that bad. Until you're sick and tired of it, you won't come to Jesus. He's like, if you're sick and tired of it, come to me. If you're weary, if you're fatigued, if you're wore out from what society's throwing at you, come to me, I got a whole list of things here. If you're sick and tired of culture's false promises, Come to Jesus. Get peace. If you're sick and tired of politics and social movements, you ready for this? Come to Jesus and try his kingdom. Because some of us have just jumped from political movement to political movement, from social movement to social movement, and you're still not set free because there's no movement by man that can set you free. And no movement by man that can save you. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can save you and set you free. Yeah. But you, but you got to be sick of it, or you'll just keep going after that stuff. There'll be another movement in, you know, 2024. How many know there's going to be another movement in 2024? We have an election. There'll be some movement, and somebody's going to jump on that. You got to get sick of it. When you're sick of it, you'll come to Jesus. Sick of society's schedule and pressure and lies. You're out there, come to Jesus. You're tired of trying to keep up with culture. Oh, please, just come to Jesus who never changes. Amen? If you're tired of the empty party life, come to Jesus and get set free. I don't remember what service I'm in, so I don't know if I said this already. I went to that wedding Last night, I ran into some guys I haven't seen in 30 years, and guess what? They're still partying, and they still haven't come to Jesus. You want to know why? Because they're not sick of it, not sick of it. They haven't come to the point in their life where, like, I'm just sick of, 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 of hiding my emotions, my feelings, my wounds, my scars with some substance. When you finally get sick of that, you come to Jesus, and you give him your wounds, your scars, and your pain. he begins to heal you up. A lot better than that dope, right? But you got to get sick of it. You got to get sick of it, right? Sick of your rebellion, especially this section over here. I told you earlier, I was just sick of my rebellion. Jesus helped me to become healthy, but you got to be sick of that. Are you sick of scars from your immorality? It's just a question. When you get sick of that, I'm going to tell you what happens. You come to Jesus and get forgiven. Amen? When you get sick of it. But you got sick of that. You're going to be sick and tired of of, 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 of thinking that giving your body up for somebody else who's not your husband or your wife is the answer to your issues. Once you get sick of that, you, you, you give your life to Jesus, and get forgiven. Sick of your pride? You gotta be sick of it. Ultimately, that's probably the biggest issue. You gotta be sick of it. Your pride. I don't need God. I don't need forgiven. I don't need the cross. I'm okay the way I am. You know what that is? That's pride. P-R. Big I-D-E. You got the spirit of Ozzy on you. I I I. I I'm telling you. You got to be sick of it. You got to be sick of, of I. You got to be sick of pride. And once you are sick of pride, guess what you do? You humble yourself and you receive grace. Right? Really. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Praise the Lord, right? And As I mentioned earlier, you got to be sick of religion. Because Some of you got a strong religious background, but you lack life in Jesus Christ. And when you're sick of man-made religion, you come running to Jesus, and you become a new creation in Christ. Amen? So before we go, watch the lions and throw our TVs on the curb. Who here is sick and tired of trying to keep up and ready to come to Jesus? There's a hand there, praise the Lord. A couple, another hand back there. Here. Here. Hallelujah. Woo! I love it. I love it. That's it. I'm telling you. When you're sick and tired, you're like, Jesus! Anybody over here sick and tired? Anybody, just raise your hand and go, I'm not going to make you do anything worse. Just a hand there. Another hand over there, praise the Lord. It's God. Woo. Okay, if you raise your hand, we're not going to embarrass you, but I'm going to ask you to come stand on the carpet over here. All we're going to do is pray with you. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to shave your head. All right? We're not going to do anything. We just, we just want to help you give your life to Jesus. Let's, let's encourage them. Come on. Come on
1: down. Woo!
2: That's a man of faith right here. Right. Listen, listen, he's a representative. Whoa, we got another Lion fan over here. Listen, what we're gonna do is we're gonna help you guys give your life to Christ. We're not gonna do anything weird. All we're gonna do is pray. The congregation is gonna say a prayer. You're gonna repeat it at the same time. There's just something about confession that is really important to Christ. He, and, he, and he likes it public. He died on a cross public, right? So he wants us to confess him publicly. So that's all we're doing here. We're not trying to embarrass you. If you want, you can go in that room. We got and mignon, all right? Lobster, timon. we don't have any of that. Uh, Jesus isn't going to promise you any of that, but he will promise you a brand new start and a brand new life. Amen? All right? And, and let me tell you something. Jesus is all about brand new starts, brand new lives, and and forgiven. Amen? Right now, this this group of people are now putting their trust in Christ and no longer in self. So I'm going to pray out loud with your mouth. They're all going to join you. Let's belt it out. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Right now, God, I put my trust in Christ alone. What Jesus did on the cross, I believe in his blood. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of all my sins. Give me a brand new start in Christ. And help me, Holy Spirit, to serve one master, the Lord Jesus Christ. In Christ's name I pray. And everybody shouted. Woo! All right. Awesome. Come on, give it up. We're going to take you in that room and give you some more direction on your new life in Christ. There's a few people over there. Mary, why don't you grab them a little bit? All right. What about the rest of you? How many of you can't wait for next Sunday? Sexual design and desire. Listen, church, if we can't pack this place out next week, there's something wrong with us. <laughs> Do your best and invite some people out so they can learn about God's design for sexuality. Amen? This is going to be open. To my right, if you're out there and you're like, I just want to be alone with Jesus. I want no one praying for me, touching me, messing up my hair. If you're out there and you're like, you know what, I need some prayer. Maybe I'm serving two, three, four, five masters. I'm just feeling like I can't keep up. I'm a little bit caught up in people pleasing. Or or, or you just need prayer in, in, in general to my far left here. If you're trying to keep up serving two, three masters, let me just say this. Come back to Jesus. Really, just come back to him. Don't try to live the Christian life on your own because you were never intended to live it that way. Father, help us to respond. Use this song to inspire us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. This altar is...
0: open. That concludes this week's podcast. To stay up to date with all things Rock Church, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram as Rock Church MI.